You're listening to Cricket Ultras. This is Arun Sudhaman, and joining me from Shanghai, he wants to stump mics turned up. It's Darren Burns. Darren, how are you? I'm all right, Aaron. How are you? I do want the stump mics turned up. I'm in the Mo and Ellie camp. Mo wants them to be turned up to the max all day, every day. Maybe we just do away with commentary. We just listen to the stump mics the whole time and have little, little sort of ambient comments every now and again, which could be painful. Couldn't be worse than uh, couldn't be worse than Kerry O'Keefe. No, the, the, the funny thing was they tried that a couple of times during the summer, and of course they caught the whole pant Tim Payne banter, which was great. But they did it during the Sri Lanka series, and nobody was saying anything. They said, let's listen in for an over. And nobody said anything. Come on, boys. That was about it. So it wasn't very good television. Interesting that Moeen wants them turned up, but Trevor Bayliss doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Because Trevor Bayliss just doesn't care. <laughs> He's like, he looks like he doesn't care much, does he? He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Don't turn him up. He doesn't care. Stump mics up, down, doesn't care. Moeen Ali, uh, turn up the stump mics and expose sledges. I agree with him. Uh the head of FICA has said um, it can't be selective. And I agree with that too. I think it has to be the same for both teams. You don't want the host broadcaster only using it for the opposition. Yeah, and we've seen that a number of times, haven't we? Where you haven't heard what one of the players has said, but you've heard the response. So I'm all up to that. Um, if they're on, they're on. It actually speaks to this issue that Sanjay Mandraka, who um, an early contender for Muppet of the Week <laughs> on this show... Uh, I mean, Sanjay Mandrake is, is, is often has a hard time uh, kind of separating his foot from his mouth. Um, but in this case, he put out a tweet where he said, um, basically, he said, you know, the problem with uh, with Shannon Gabriel, the whole Shannon Gabriel issue was not what he said, but the fact the stump mic was turned up. <laughs> so it's a bit like, and someone on Twitter said, so what you're basically saying is, is ban the invigilators in case they expose cheating. <laughs> I mean, it was a yeah, it was a pretty remarkable thing to say. Obviously, Shannon Gabriel has has come clean and, and apologized for his use of a homophobic slur. Um, so he also is in contention, I guess, for Muppet of the Week. Um, and that means that Joe Root, Darren, must must be a, a must be the winner of Quote of the Week. Yeah, I think you'd have to give it. There were some other contenders, I thought. You know, there's some great stuff coming out of uh, Dale Stain, wasn't there? You know, when I'm bowling turnover spells, it shows I'm enjoying what I do. Um, <laughs> I could have taken the easy option, taken four for 30 and gone back to fine leg and tell someone else to do it. Very generous of him. Yes, but it's, but it's fun. It's fun taking wickets. It's fun hitting guys in the head <laughs> as long as nothing serious happens. So the joys of fast bowling, we know Dale Stain's back with a vengeance against the hapless Sri Lankans. Oh, he's, it's amazing. And didn't he say something else about how he, he, he doesn't feel he's got 430 test wickets, he feels he has 20? Yeah. Because, you know, it's been 20 since the comeback. And, and 20, I think, after Sean Pollock, right? So I, I think he seems fired up. He looks very fit. I mean, he reminds me of Jimmy Anderson, right? They, they both look in peak fitness. Uh, they're both still bowling very well. Their bodies have held up, obviously, staying after, you know, a two-year layoff, more or less. Um, but yeah, yeah. Tougher, tougher for Stain, though, I think, at his pace. Um, and, and given the injuries he's had, Jimmy Anderson's just got that amazing um, action, doesn't he? He doesn't seem to get injured. Yeah, he doesn't. Whereas Stain is uh, he's a, he's a big fella. Um, you always feel there's an injury around the corner. Uh, touch wood. I don't think he's that big, big of a fella, actually. He's bulky. I mean, he's not t- he's not the tallest, but he's 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 sort of fairly well built. Mm. You think? No, I Compared think he's to quite Jimmy slender. Anderson, he's sort of. <laughs> All right, let's, we've sort of di- di- diverged here a bit. 
<laughs> I'm, well, I'm comparing him to Jimmy Anderson, who's very, you know, lithe. Well, he really is. Anyway, all right. Okay. West Indies, England. Yes, let's start with West Indies, England. Um, well, actually, no. Let's let's just Jerry Root. We should we should um, we should talk about him. You know, what did he say? It's there's nothing wrong with being gay. Exactly. Uh, you know, really very simple comment to make, but in you know, in sporting circles, actually. Uh, quite a big step forward, I would suggest. So well done to him. Yeah, his stock has certainly risen after that. And uh, yeah, well done in the heat of the moment to actually come back with that as well. So, you know, full I know. credit to him. Yeah, I, I, really. Uh, Shannon Gabriel also, I was, I mean, he, he came clean. There's been a lot of uh, doubt over whether he actually said what he said. Um, so he, he has come out and said and apologized. And, and, and his, he said, he, he asked, do you like boys? And a lot of people are casting aspersions on that, suggesting he may his comments may have been a little stronger. By the way, at least he came out and apologized, and you know he didn't. There was no um, there was no hedging, and there was nothing disingenuous about his apology. You know, it wasn't one of those non-apologies where you say, oh, "I'm sorry if anyone got offended." Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, all's well that ends well on that one. Hopefully. So yeah, let's move into the actual cricket. And obviously England have lost the series, but the story of the third test, a remarkable comeback from Mark Wood, Darren. Yes. Bowling at above 150 kilometers an hour, took, what was it, five wickets in the first innings. Did you see how far the slips were standing back? Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it, it's the joy of test cricket, isn't it? Watching great fast bowlers steam in and bowl well. I mean, it really adds another dimension to the cricket. And I think we saw that on full show with Mark Wood finally being fit, finally getting through his action really well. He's definitely going to be an important part of that team going forward into the ashes, you imagine, um, with Stuart Broad or Jimmy Anderson. Oh, he's fit. no question. Yeah. Um, it offers a whole new dimension to their, to, to their bowling. So, yeah, he, he looked great. And again, just uh, England coming back strongly, didn't they? They got totally steamrolled in the, in the first two tests. Full credit to them, dug deep. You know, Joe Root scored 100 in the second dig for England. An all-round pretty good performance. Yeah, Moen Ali bowled well. Yeah, he, he, he Moen Ali, he keeps surprising, doesn't he? he? People write him off. They sort of say he's not the front-line spinner. He's picked up a bunch of wickets for the, uh, for the series. I think something like 14 for the series, um, which was the second highest below um, Kima Roach, who had a sensational series, I thought. He, he just looks such a, such a great test bowler. Um, and he's back to his best too. So, yeah, never write off Ali. You do so at your peril. No, never. I, I think I, I think it's really unfair actually that that people focus so much on Ali because I think there are there are other players in the England team that underperform much more. I mean, Keaton Jennings, you know, keeps getting picked, but people are, seem to seem to focus more on Ali. And I don't think we'll be seeing Keaton Jennings play for England for quite a while now after um, he failed again. In the third test, I mean, I was actually really shocked that they brought him back for the third test, and I think England were a little bit lucky because I didn't think they actually got their selection right for the third test. But um, their big players stepped up, uh, and in particular, Mark Wood. I mean, I think instantly becomes their third bowling option, a, a right? cult hero. Yeah, I mean, the worrying thing for England, obviously, is that top three, isn't it? They keep rotating them in and out. Um, you know, Alistair Cook's gone. There's rumours that he might come back. For the Ashes. Really? Yeah. Are there? Yeah. The rumors on Twitter, but I, I doubt it's true. Um, remember, there was there were rumors for many years about Shane Warne coming back <laughs> and playing for Australia. Um, yeah, they've really got to sort that out, haven't they? I mean, 
what's interesting is that nobody seems to want to bat in the top three. So all the established players in the team, um, Bearstow, Root, they all want to bat four, five, or six. Um, I don't know. I, I think they just got to step up and, and put the best players they can in that top six. Well, I think they're going to go into the ashes with Burns and Denley as the openers. You know, Denley batted pretty well in the second innings, didn't he? Yeah. Um, if, if I recall correctly. Uh, Burns has looked pretty solid during the series without, without being spectacular. Um, but there's really, you know, unless, unless you, you, you pick friend of Cricket Ultras, Nick Gubbins, who I think is, is next in queue, there's really no one else. <laughs> Which we would definitely sanction. Yeah, we, we would definitely support that. There's really no one else for the opening slots. And then for number three, I mean, they seem pretty focused on, on Johnny Besto. And there's no reason why he can't do well that, although I do think he should relinquish the gloves, uh, give give Ben Folks the gloves, and then you play Butler and and Root as a specialist batsman. And that, I mean, that's it's not the best top order, but it's a very, as we know, it's a very strong middle and lower order. You can look for the perfect top order, but but they have a great middle lower order there. So you've you've got to put the best players you can on the on the pitch and the experienced players. So you know they might rotate the keeping gloves a little bit. Um, based, you know, if someone, if Johnny Bairstow bats through the innings, you know, maybe they give it to Joss Butler or, or folks is in the team. So I think they've got options there as well, which is always nice to have in test matches over five days, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, the other thing worth saying is, is, um, you know, you, obviously you hope Mark Wood stays fit, um, because he's, he's obviously a, a really talented bowler, but he's had such problems with injuries. And actually it's kind of the story of the last couple of weeks. In a way, we've talked a lot about spin bowling on Cricket Ultras in the past, but the story of the last couple of weeks, I guess, has been fast bowling. Uh, so you, you you have Mark Wood, Dale Steyn and, and Kimar Roach, three top quality fast bowlers capable of bowling upwards of 90 miles an hour, all back from injury uh, and all hitting their peak again. Yeah, so adding uh, to that, I mean, against Sri Lanka, Mitchell Stark was well over one fifties. Um, oh, really? Okay. He was yep. bowling really, really quick. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should include him in that as well. Yeah, he, he did he, come back. I think he bang. tends to bowl faster against um, weaker teams and tail enders. Um, mm. I'm putting that out there. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So, but, but yeah. let's see if you can if you can bowl at that fire, you know, against England's top order in the Ashes. Yeah. Maybe he feels he has less to lose. Yeah. So um, he goes. He goes all out. You know, he does seem to to bowl a little bit. He did seem to bowl a little bit within himself in the in yeah. the India series. And you've got Cummins um, also, who shot up to number two in the ODI, in the um, ICC rankings, Test rankings. Um, he yeah. had a great series against India and also against, against Sri Lanka as well. So he's he's holding up fit. He's got he's great. He's mm-hmm. a great bowler. I think he'll do well in England as well on the Ashes. When's he going to take over the captaincy, Darren? Yeah, a bowler as captain. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm a fan. He's an all rounder. Well, he's not an all rounder. He's a lower order batsman. Um, yeah. This was ridiculous talk over the Australian summer at letting him bat at number six, or which is just—it's crazy, <laughs> you know. Um, just get him in at number three. Make him do everything, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then ruin his career. But yeah, he's—he's going to be a great part of that team for a while if he stays fit. Yeah, good. Well, I'm glad. It's—it's it's good to see. It's really nice to see so many of these players coming back from from tough injuries. So, did you want to say anything more about um, Sri Lanka and Australia? It was a pretty easy victory in the end for Australia. I mean, it was an absolute thrashing. I mean, um, Sri Lanka really are the whipping boys at the moment. Um, they were thrashed by England in Sri Lanka. Australia wiped the floor with them. You know, one match by 300 and something runs, the other with an innings. And, and plus, we finally saw some hundreds for that for the summer from Australia. So, Burns, Head and Patterson and Kawaja all scoring hundreds. 
but I don't really think it's an indicator of any kind of form going forward. So I think we should move on. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to Sri Lanka's next thrashing, <laughs> um, which hasn't happened yet, but looks like it's set to happen at the hands of South Africa, a Dale Steyn-led South Africa that have um, bowled out Sri Lanka 191, and they are now... The South Africans were surprised by the Sri Lankan bowling. You know, they're, they're, as we speak, they need 220 runs on the last day to win with only three downs. So they're an outside chance. They're an outside chance, let's be honest. But I think they did quite well, actually, to bowl um, South Africa out for 235 and 250-odd. And I think some of the batsmen said that they were surprised and they probably didn't prepare as much as they probably should have. But so they're acquitting themselves better than they have for quite a while, Sri Lanka. Well, yeah, because some of these bowlers are, are, are pretty, um, uh, probably not so well known. You know, Vishwa Fernando is, has taken, what, nine, eight, eight wickets in the match? Yeah, he looked quite good, though, in Australia, I must say, as well. I, I think he didn't play both tests, if I'm mistaken, but he, he looks like a pretty good bowler. And Lakmal is a good swing bowler. Yeah, and then this other guy who's also very new, Lasith Embledenia, um, who's a left-arm spinner. Yeah, Embledenia, he, he, he bowled very well in the second innings. Um, but I also do think that's partly down to the nature of the pitches. Um, the, you know, they do favour the bowlers in, uh, in South Africa. They certainly do. And uh, I think South Africa will wrap up that victory. Um, but yeah, Sri Lanka haven't embarrassed themselves in this test match, at least. So far. <laughs> you never know. Um, there could be a complete yes. breakdown. That's true. Um, okay, now we have a few more items of business to get through. Let's see. We had some feedback. Oh, yes, we did have some feedback. Can you remind me what the feedback was? Um, so we've been getting, you know, we've actually we've been getting a reasonable amount of of comments, but this one caught my eye. <laughs> caught um, your ire. <laughs> yeah, caught my ire. Uh, I think it caught, well, I think all of, all of us noticed it one way or another. So Ridgeba was the name of the commenter. And uh, he said, he said many things, but one of the things he said was, this podcast in a nutshell, blame big three for all problems facing humankind. Tick. <laughs> I mean, I do blame them for climate change. Yeah, I do. I know too. it's controversial. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I just don't see this. You can't argue with the science. Without the three, the big three, the world would be such a better place. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be that, you know, smallpox would have been eradicated by now, I feel, were it not for the big three. For the BCCI um, and, and CA and the English Cricket Board. <laughs> yeah. So I think this guy's got a point. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd probably agree with him. He also said, concentrate on producing some quality content and leave the rest to Shastri, uh, which I kind of thought that's what we were doing. But yeah, we were doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, because we've left a lot to Shastri. We have, and we've been struggling with a lot on the last few episodes to actually find a good Shastri quote. <laughs> well, he, he usually delivers. He usually does. Well, we have, we have the Australia series coming up, don't we? So I'm sure there'll be something there that we can use. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, there'll be a lot. So we can talk about that. Um, unless we want to talk first about your BBL experience and my PSL experience. Let's start with the BBL, Darren. Yeah, so um, the BBL is coming to a climax. The, um, it's going to be a Melbourne Derby on Sunday. I suggest you watch the game. Uh, Melbourne Stars versus the Renegades. There'll be all, a lot of good players on show there. So there'll be Glenn Maxwell, Marcus Stoinis, Adam Zampa, um, Lamashani, the Nepalese spinner has also been doing well. Um, you've got um, 
Aaron Finch. Um, you've got, uh, you know, Richardson, Kane Richardson, who's going to be playing in that, that India series. So really a star-studded uh, final. Uh, and Glenn Maxwell has just come to the fore in the last three games or four games for the Stars and has been out of this world. He hit 80 the other night off 40 balls to get them through to the semis. Uh, and they won comfortably the other night as well. Last night was an amazing game between uh, the Renegades and the Sydney Sixers um, with Dan Christian. Remember Dan Christian? Um, coming in and scoring an amazing 30-odd off 10 balls to sort of get them over the line. So those experienced players coming to the fore again, as we've talked about many times, right? Having experienced players in crunch games really does make a difference in these these tight, limited over games. So it's been a pretty good end to the series. I must say it's gone on for a long time. I've been on my soapbox for ages about this. Too few international players. They need to have three in each team, maybe four. Uh, A lot of the Australian international players don't play because they're on test duty. So that also diminishes the league. It's way too long. Um, They need to crunch it down and maybe have more condensed games. So maybe more double headers during the holiday period. And the thing that I cannot stand the most is there's no DRS. So there's been some absolute howlers in critical situations, you know, LBWs, wides, um, nicks down the leg side that won't give an out. So they need to do a lot of, lot of change for next summer. Yeah. Can we blame the big three for that? I we feel we like. certainly can. We blame one. Of them. We should blame the BCCI for that. I think for not allowing Indian players to play. And <laughs> yeah. again, the sort of theme of the of the BBL has been to find the mystery mystery spinner. So, a couple of seventeen year old and, and young spinners. I mentioned Lamashane. A guy called Kaius Ahmed from Afghanistan has come in for the last few games for Hobart. He looked really great too, because a lot of the batsmen haven't seen them before, right? So they come in and bowl, and they're not really sure what they're doing. And by that time, the innings is already over. So the mystery spinner search continues. Um, and of course, Arun, I did go to a big bash game when I was in Australia for the Chinese New Year holiday. Yeah, I, I saw this. You seem to be enjoying yourself. It was an absolutely crazy game where the Brisbane Heat played the Melbourne Stars at the Gabba. And uh, the Stars ended up with about 158, 157 off their 20 overs. And the Heat got those runs in just 10 overs. Um, it was some of the most amazing clean hitting I've ever seen in my life. So they, were, they went away about 16 and over um, to get the runs. And so quite quite sensational. And there's a new guy for Australia called, batting for the Heat called Max Bryant. I think he's just turned 20 years old. He's a bit David Warner-ish, but a right-hander. He really hits the ball a long way. Uh, he's one to watch out for. So he featured in the last World Cup, the Under-19 World Cup. So some, some good talent coming through there. And how was the fan experience at the Gabba? Well, the fan experience was next level because of the the smashing of the ball all over the field and the many sixes that were hit. So again, it's they're great at getting families through the gate. Young people come in, groups of families, groups of friends. It's a real carnival. It's fun. There's kiss cam. There's, they give out prizes um, for dancing in the stands. It's really a great way to get people interested in the cricket. And they really want to come there to see the fence cleared, right? Um, so it's a bit silly. It's entertainment, but it's really fun. Sure. Okay. Meanwhile. Yes. So Arun, I believe you had a close encounter in an elevator in Dubai. Another close encounter. And bizarrely, in the same hotel. So, so long-suffering Cricket Ultras listeners will um, will remember that uh, almost, I think exactly a year ago, I was in a hotel in Dubai, came across Brendan McCullum at the swimming pool. So fast forward a year, and I'm at the same hotel in Dubai last week. Uh, 
and who gets into the lift with me but the Rawalpindi Express, Shoaib Akhtar himself. Um, so that was quite a moment. I was, uh, I was pretty excited, I must confess, to see the, uh, the, the, such an amazing fast bowler in the flesh. Uh, and he was very polite and very kind and very nice. Uh, and I didn't see any other big name cricketers. But that's, that's my story from the PSL. So can we say this <laughs> fairly and squarely that you're kind of the Dubai PSL stalker? Arun, are you still <laughs> yeah. in Dubai, stalking around the pool, loitering with intent? I think um, they may they may stop allowing me in the hotel that's next right. year. Like, the grounds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> watch out for this man. So that's at least two teams that have complained about me now. I think. I think you're used to getting complaints, though, aren't you? It's not. It's, yes, I am. But it's not my fault that the PSL takes takes place um, at the same time as our Dubai conference, and they choose to use the same hotel well i think they've moved it there just because of that reason haven't they yeah they have in fact you're right and and like last year the lobby was crawling with uh pakistani let's say dignitaries <laughs> did i see you using inverted commas then uh, you did yeah you did let's let's annoy some some more of our listeners um <laughs> <laughs> many of whom many of whom may have had mobile phones but um i'll say no more <laughs> yeah. okay yeah, let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. So the PSL has started, hasn't it? So I, I think they're on the second game at the moment, aren't they? They are. And I d- I'm not even sure which team Shoaib is involved in. I must say, I watched a few games last year. That I, the standard is quite high. Um, I'd, say it, I'd, say, yeah, I'd say at the moment it's kind of um, PL, PSL and Big Bash that seem to have the highest standards and the most international players, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that's right. But, you know, the 100 is coming. That's going to overtake all of them. Can't wait for that. <laughs> That's going to overtake them all. And there's T- T- T10 as well. Right. So India, uh, Australia. Yeah. For some reason, Australia are playing India again um, because they, they clearly they, they don't play each other often enough. Uh, Australia coming to India for what? Five ODIs and three T20s. Correct. Um, it's really an extended warm up for the World Cup. Now, how close is the Australian team, do you think, Darren, to being, um, to, 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 or how close are the selectors to knowing their, their squad? I think, you know, Stark is not touring. He, he's got a sore pectoral muscle, muscle, which I'd like to have one of those injuries um, if I had any pecs. I'd like to have a pec. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's out. Uh, Kane Richardson is coming in. He, he's been the leading wicket taker in the BBL. Um, he'll come in for him. I think is he related to Jai Richardson? He is not. Um, not that anyone knows of, anyway. So again, you know, Aaron Finch, who's come back into you know a slight bit of form in the BBL. He was having a bit of a horror run there for a while. He's going to be the captain. I like Usman Kawadra on the side. I think he's a good white ball player. Um, Sean Marsh, Hanscom, Maxwell there as well, and with Stoinis. I think it's a reasonably solid batting lineup. Um, they brought in young Ashton Turner, who, who's a great hitter. He's, he's sort of a reserve, I guess. Um, and Pat Cummins is back, which is good news for Australia and also for the fans to watch, I suppose, in India and Australia as well. We've got Coulter Nile, who can really get some heat in there. Jai Richardson's look pretty good. As I mentioned, Kane Richardson is a good uh, death overs bowler. And the left arm quick from, from Perth, I like a lot. Jason Berendorf, uh, he's looked good in his international career so far. Then that, the spinners, um, which is kind of the weak spot at the moment, isn't it really? There's Nathan Lyon which 
I like him, but I, I just worry that he's, he's a bit one-dimensional for one-day cricket. I mean, he bowls basically um, balls that go straight on or, you know, slight sort of off-spinners. So he has been in and around the team for, for a few years. I think it's worth giving him a shot to see how he goes. And, of course, I like Adam Zampa a lot. I think he's improved in the last year. Um, there's Darcy Short also, the left-hand opening batsman there as cover as well. So it doesn't look like a bad squad to me. You know, obviously, when, when Water and Smith come back, they'll go straight into that squad. How they gel to me is going to be the key thing. Um, if they have a good team culture, people buy into it quite strongly. I think it, it's not a bad team. And then if you have Stark back as well for the World Cup, it doesn't look too bad. But I, I, I am kind of concerned about the spin bowling options and perhaps a little bit on death bowling. But it's probably the best team they can put on the park at the moment, I'd say. What about Darren? Leg spinner Fawad Ahmed, who's retired from Red Bull cricket in a bid for World Cup selection. He, he bowled pretty well in the Big Bash, I'd say. And he did okay in the one-day uh, first-class series in Australia. They might bring him in. I think he's playing a bit of cricket around the world in a T20 leagues before that. So let's see how he does. I'm not sure he'll be on the team, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, India, um, after some very encouraging one-day performances over the last couple of months... Uh, have brought back their big guns um, for the Australia series. So Kohli and Bumrah are back. They've picked uh, and Rahul as well, and and they've picked Pant for the one day squad, which makes a lot of sense. I, I definitely think he should be on the plane to the World Cup. And India now, I think, pretty much their thirteen of the fifteen are, are, are set in stone, and so they have they really have two spots open. One of them will be a batsman. Um, and I think it's down to Rahul or Pant um, or maybe Vijay Shankar. You think Raidu is, is Raidu a lock-in? Raidu is a lock-in. Raidu, Jadav and Kartik look to be lock-ins. Yeah, along with Dhoni. I mean, it's a very, it's a very strong-looking team, isn't it? It's definitely stronger than I... Th- than it's, it seems to have come together. Because I think the big, the big question mark was around that middle order. But um, I think with Hardik Pandya giving them you know, a, a real big hitting option... And if Pant gets picked, then, you know, he's someone who can really hit the ball a long way too. So um, it does look good. I think the last two spots, you know, you hope I, I hope Pant gets picked for one of them. I, I actually don't think Rahul needs to make the trip. And then really the last spot is down to, I think they want to, to maybe look at a bowling all-rounder, maybe Krunal Pandya, maybe Vijay Shankar, um, maybe Khalil Ahmed. Uh, some talk of Umesh Yadav even getting in for that final spot. Yeah, they've kind of split the squads, haven't they? They've gone, they've picked one squad for the first two ODIs and then they've picked a squad for the, for the last three because they, they do want to have a look at a few players. Yep, Siddharth Kaul they want to look at. You're a big fan of Siddharth, aren't you? <laughs> I would suggest they don't need to have a look at him. Um, he's played, I'm sure he's played for India before and not. I think he has and he's. Yeah, I'm sure I saw him play for India in, in England and I think he wore a headband. He does wear a headband, yes. Yeah, well, that's it for me. That's. <laughs> Yeah, that's that. Is that a no for you? I, I don't mind the headband. I like a bit of bling, and you know, I like to jazz it up a little bit. I, I can't think of any fast bowlers that have been any good with a headband, apart from I think was it Dennis Lilly? Dennis Lilly, yes, of course, yeah, he used but, to wear a headband. But since then, that's it. Especially Indian fast bowlers with headbands. It's like they wanted to imitate Dennis Lilly, but they were bowling at eighty miles an hour. There was a very good um, Australian bowler for quite a while, um, a left armer, who, his name escapes me right now, but he wore a headband. Um, Yes. All right. Well, that's, that's no, I, <laughs> it's good to like, know. I can't think of his name. Um, 
blonde haired guy. He, he was great, great for, for several years, a swing bowler. Blonde haired Australian. It's, it's na- we've, we've narrowed it down. It wasn't Bruce Reed. He didn't. He didn't wear a headband, did he? Uh, no, Bruce Reed never wore a headband. Yeah, well, he was a left armer. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, India close. Uh, the T20 squad is a little bit different. They are having a look at this leg spinner Mayank Markande, who bowled very well for Mumbai Indians in the IPL, and I think did well for India A, if I'm not mistaken, um, recently. Yes, he did. Picked up a five for uh, I think against the Lions. Right. Both the Pandyas are in the, T- the T20 squad. Kronal Pandyas, actually. His stock is rising. Ah, uh, I just thought of the name of that guy, Nathan Bracken. You oh, yeah, I remember Nathan Bracken, of course. He was yeah. a very good bowler. He was a very good bowler, yeah. Um, yeah. He did wear a headband. Yeah, in fact, he, he, he played for the Australian test team, if I'm not... I'm I think not he did, mistaken. but he was more noted as a one-day bowler, but a great sort of right. swinging option. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it'll be interesting to, to see this series. And, and of course, the other um, one-day series coming up, England-West Indies, they have also five ODIs and three T20s. Um, England still, you know, you'd probably say favourites for the World Cup. I guess they'll be doing a little tinkering with their selection uh, just to just to narrow it down. You know, I think there's still some questions over over which bowlers get into the team in particular. Um, because they have a lot of options when it comes to the um the all rounders. Certainly do. I mean I think, you know, still at this stage you'd have to say, you know, obviously India and England are the are clear favourites um for that. Yeah, I would say those two I think um I actually think Pakistan are a good good bet. They they played well in South Africa. Um they're a very good T twenty side. I think they're they're the best T twenty side. Um, so if they can translate that into the longer form of, you know, uh, they, they have a good shot. Mm. And, and, you know, I, I, the West Indies don't forget are bringing back a lot of these T20 guns for hire. Um, so, you know, sort of Bravo, Gale, Evan Lewis are all there. So they could surprise on the upside as well. I, I think they're always unpredictable, but like Pakistan, right? You would never write them off. So they're always an outside shot. So let's, it could be an interesting series over there in the West Indies. I think it will be actually because I think um yeah the West Indies you know in their home conditions they they will they will put up some competitive scores no question um I'm expecting a lot of runs and I noticed that England have brought in T, uh, T. Curran fresh off his sixth assistant he was one of the players of the tournament in the big bash um definitely finishing the top 5 um so yeah it could be could be good to watch that I think and you know these series coming up for the world cup it must be said they basically all the teams are bringing their full strength teams to, to play. So this will be much more interesting, I imagine, than some of the mediocre series we've seen recently, where you know a lot of players are not playing, they're being rested or they're injured. So this should be a good four months leading up to the World Cup. Yeah, well, there's something at stake now, and then you know it's it's actually not long. The World Cup starts in early June, so it's um, you know it's not far away. And the, the cricket ultras are, are aiming to be there at some stage. Yeah, I, in fact, I was just talking to a friend of mine about uh, potentially going to see one of the India games because there are still tickets available. Um, I think it's end of June. I, I can't remember who they're playing. It's either South Africa um, or another team. So, yes. What about you? Will you be making the... Yeah, I think we have, a, we have one, of the, one of the sponsors as our client. So, um, so there could be something going on there, Arun. And maybe we can do even a podcast from somewhere around there. Come June. 
I mean, you know, there's there's various multimedia opportunities that we can discuss. <laughs> there certainly are. We can maybe start doing a you know a video podcast as well, but I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's various. Yes, there's a there's a range of content machinations. Options. Yes, indeed. All right, excellent. Well, I think that brings us to the end of um, today's show. So thank you all for listening, and do keep the uh, the comments coming, even if they are only to troll us. Uh, yeah, we love it. They're always trolling. welcome. Yeah, we do love it. <laughs> uh, Toby Derman unfortunately couldn't join us this week, but I'm sure he'll be back on our next show. So thank you very much, Darren. 